been over a week and Crossing Broadcast is back with a jam-packed episode. All five sports teams in the city. Sorry, Soul, you don't count. Sorry, Kicks, you're defunct. Uh, sorry, Wings, we don't know enough about you. But five major teams, we're going to talk about all five of them. It doesn't matter, we are not beholden to the sports talk radio methodology of let's talk about Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and the franchise tag for 17 hours. No, we're going to hit on all of the main points for the the Philly Five, more really the Philly Four, but we'll talk on the union at the very end for those who I are so talk inclined. Of, I want to talk about the fusion, too. Oh, you want to? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll get the fusion in there, too. That's fine. I want to talk about Carpe. Yeah. Hey, you know what, man? Uh, Carpe Diem. Seize that day. Uh, before we get started... We, uh, I guess we should probably thank our sponsor. What do you think, Kevin? Is it, is it worth it? Is it worth it to thank a sponsor? Yes, I think we should do that. That's how we pay the bills, I believe. That's right. Crossing Broadcast is brought to you by Bryn Mawr Medical Specialist Association Cardiology at Lankanaw. Doctors Jason Bradley and Jeffrey Wool are conveniently located at 6 Lancaster Avenue in Wynwood within walking distance from Lankanaw Hospital, where they are on staff. They have both been recognized as top docs in cardiovascular disease by Mainline Today magazine. They specialize in preventative cardiology, cardiovascular imaging, preoperative cardiac clearance, sports cardiology, and general cardiovascular care. Appointments are often available within 48 hours. They have a full on-site cardiovascular imaging suite where they perform cardiac and vascular ultrasound, stress testing, holter monitoring, and much more. And the best part? Parking is free. Kevin, can you believe that? In the greater oh, area crazy. around that's, around Philadelphia, parking is that's, free. That's crazy. Ooh, I like it, Jim Sapala. Uh, if you have any cardiac symptoms or concerns, or you just want to make sure your heart is healthy and stays that way, call them today at 484-380-2808. Again, that's 484-380-2808. And like we said once before, Dr. Jeffrey Wool is, is uh, putting out to the masses that if you have an Apple Watch or another kind of smartwatch and it gives you a little ping that something might be off with that old ticker in your chest... Go in, get it checked out. Certainly doesn't hurt to have things looked at. So a uh, big thank you to Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists Association Cardiology at Lankanaw. All right. Are you ready, my friend? Yeah, what do you want to start with? Oh, wait, well, let me guess. This. <laughs> Go ahead. What's, what's your guess? I think you want to start with Nick Foles. Yeah, that bow, come on, bow. We got that <laughs> franchise tag on well, Nicky. People were, people Nicky were giving us Foles, shit. <laughs> Nicky Six, baby, come on. People were like bow. giving us, some commenter was giving us shit today because he's like, well, way to not do anything on the Foles thing. Duh. So, okay, so he paid back the $2 million. Uh, you know, ball is in the Eagles court. That's your update, you know. So let's talk about It's like about the stupidest the thing. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about <laughs> Nick Foles for... I, I don't know. Let's see. If we had a four-hour yeah. show, how many hours would we spend on Nick Foles? Three, uh, 3.95 three, or whatever. Right? So Tobias Nonsense. Harris, Tobias Harris, I was uh, I woke up at like 7 this morning, and um, we talked to Landry Shamit uh, last night in the locker room, but, uh, and we got some decent quotes from him actually about the non-foul call <laughs> in the Raptors' loss. So, so I woke up at 7. I'm like, hey, these are pretty good quotes. This will make for a decent like, sidebar, because I don't think anybody's going to read a story about them getting – boat raced by the raptors you know but once um, again yeah but uh somebody texted me my wife rolled out of bed at 705 and saw the alert on her phone and there was already this discussion going on in slack like kai you and kyle must have been up at like four in the morning i'm I'm up at five yeah kyle was (laughs) i think was the first time like this is the thing if kyle had actually been able to get up that early i think this podcast you know we would have we would have uh never had our our down lull of uh you know weeks and months without an episode but here we are it was at 4 a.m like a fool i I think i got about 5 30 and uh yeah i I rolled over same thing i i rolled over there were a couple people and it was just like 
dude, it was it was nuts. It was like, oh, can you believe this trade? I'm like, oh, geez, what trade? I know I didn't eat. I didn't eat anything. I'm I'm like one of those people who has to eat breakfast every day. I don't know how some of y'all do that, where you just get up and like go right to work or whatever, or eat like a granola bar or something. Like I have to sit down and like eat breakfast like cereal or make something or whatever the hell but i just got up and i just went straight to kyle had already written like a you know the sixers got tobias harris blah blah, blah. so i went and started doing like the like the instant analysis or whatever the hell. and i'm like sitting there like i didn't drink anything i didn't eat anything i just went right downstairs and opened the computer and started typing <laughs> and insane. i got to like a thousand words i hit publish and then like eight o'clock i or whatever it was i went and uh Finally made some food or whatever, I just, and then I looked, and I kept working. I looked up, and it was like twelve thirty. I was like, "Shit, did I just like do five straight hours with all this stuff?" But you sure did. Yeah, um, you're a beast, but dude. I like it, man. How can you not like it? It's it's not it. See, to to me, the interesting thing about it is that like Elton Brand is a winner no matter what. Because if they and if Tobias Harris ends up being a bust or Jimmy Butler ends up being a bust or not working out, it's he's he's impervious to to criticism because he went for it. Yeah, you know, exactly. like they're going for it. That's the whole point. So that's why you yep. overpay. Like, of course they overpaid, and of course there's risk to it if he would walk or Butler would walk or both of them or whatever. But um, nah, man, you're in win now mode. That's what the the whole point of the process was. You know, yeah. Uh, Hinky got you all your assets. Colangelo did squandered, whatever with them. Squandered and, a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, and he had the hardest job out of all three of them, actually, now if you think about it. But yeah. Elton Brand is now trying to deliver it to fruition. So, of course, I mean, it's like a, it's great because he, he gets this label now of being aggressive and really going for it. But, you know, there really is no wrong trade <laughs> because all he's supposed to do is like, like if Hinky was not tasked with rebuilding, it, uh, Brand is... is uh, you know, his task is just fucking going for it. And that's what he's doing here. You know? Yeah, it, it really is fascinating because these are the kind of moves that I think when the Sixers opted to go the Brian Colangelo route and they always remember the the whole thing was talking about the relationships that he built with agents and with people in the league. And it, and it always felt like there should have been that that watershed moment where Brian Colangelo makes a couple really big moves. He massages agency egos, and he he manages to you know get somebody of note in here. And and really the only guy that I think we can agree he ever actually went out and acquired was JJ Redick on you know a very expensive one year deal. And granted, it it kind of laid the the foundation for Redick taking less mm-hmm. money. And and hopefully, obviously the fingers crossed on this one since you got rid of of uh, Redick Jr. and Landry Shamit. But like hopefully once a couple of these these other guys get maxed out. J.J. Redick is going to be willing to stick with the culture here. And, uh, you know, it, it has to be a hope because this yeah. offense, as of right now, now obviously we haven't seen what it looks like with Tobias Harris, but this offense doesn't look the same without J.J. Redick. And and that in its own way is very concerning. But, um, look, you can't say, if you're a Sixers fan, that Elton Brand has left anything on the table, right? The, the Jimmy Butler <laughs> deal is on, or was on so many levels, the kind of deal that, people had had hoped he would make in the offseason or, or that the the collective, I guess at that point, the cabal mm-hmm. before they put Brand's face on it. You know, it, it was like the, the, the kind of yeah, the kind of move that they needed to make, right? And yeah. and he did it. And of course like there was there were, you know, plenty of dissenters because we loved the people that, that Dario had become and and the story of Robert Covington and and how he went from, you know, a D League cast off to, you know, a guy who ended up becoming a very good three and D player. 
And you look at the steel and like, obviously the, the one thing that people seem the most caught up on is the human element. Like they like Landry Shamit. I liked Landry Shamit. Um, I will not miss Wilson Chandler, his face tattoos, his neck tattoos. I will not miss Mike Muscala or his dad. And so like, what are you left with? Right. You look at this and you go, Landry Shamit looked like a guy who on a very affordable rookie contract could have potentially filled the void of JJ Redick if he had chosen to walk at the end of the year. And really that Miami 2021 pick, but the counter to this, and this is the thing that I think anybody who you're trying to explain this trade to, if you're a Sixers fan and people are saying, man, it really looks like they went all in, but wasn't that Miami pick supposed to be something? Remember when the Sixers completed that draft day trade, that 2021 Miami pick was acquired with the the thought, not really the knowledge, but the thought that that could have been the first year that the NBA would have gotten rid of the one and done rule. Yes. And so that would have been the double draft class, right? where all of your best college players and all of your best high school players would have come out. Well, then if you remember, it was like about a month later, Adam Silver, Mr. Uh, Mr. Batman, Batboy. Do you remember the old uh, like National Enquirer, the black and white tabloids that had Batboy? Anyway, that's what Adam I think Silver he looks, looks like. He whatever. reminds me of the um, the warlock guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like in Karth? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Uh, we're recapping. Yeah, so we're... <laughs> We're almost there. That's you know, kind of stealing, shitty stealing, of me to say. Steal, stealing the dragons? Okay. Uh, so anyway, like, look, when when the league came out and said that 2022 would be the earliest year, and they specifically cited the Sixers trade with Phoenix, saying that Phoenix essentially didn't know how valuable that pick was going to be, I mean, that that's the moment where that pick lost a lot of value. And if you think about it, Miami's never really a bottom feeder of a franchise, right? They're still an attractive place to go. It's still yeah. tax-free. You know, at, at worst, if if you're a Sixers fan, all right, maybe that ends up becoming something near the lottery, a, a mid-round pick. But if nothing else, like, they're a good free agent destination. They have some pieces. They just pulled off another trade today. It wasn't anything of massive note. But, like, that pick really shouldn't be worth all that much. So you're you're trading that and hopefully a very late first round pick if you know that the Sixers have protected yeah I mean you're not going to need those picks are going to be bullshit then anyway because the Sixers aren't aren't going to be a lottery team and if you're still at the point if you're trying to still build this thing to the point where you need those picks to be something then you've already failed you know I mean let's shorten the window let's blow it up in three and a half years and let's go for it and be really really good for three and a half years and then whatever happens happens you know this is the NBA this is not it's not the Flyers like just trying to perpetually like doing this like eight seed bullshit you know we all know they're going to go out in the first round anyway if they make the playoffs this year so you accelerate the process and you live you live on you live on both ends of the spectrum you know you blow it up with aggression and you rebuild it with aggression you know i would rather do that instead of like just sort of fumbling around in the middle but you know like i the, the title of the column this morning was the sixers have what did i say the sixers the have best, the best the best starting five in the east and also the worst bench it's kind of a clickbait headline a little bit but there's a thousand words oh, to go come with on, it you know? oh clickbait so um by the way one time i'm gonna write a story for the site where the title of the of the article is just clickbait like it just said, literally it just says clickbait. I'm going to see how many people click on it. Cause the Facebook commenters always get really offended. And I'm like, dude, it's satire. Like you got to just fucking roll with it. You know? Oh, what was the one um, that you did last week? That was a, a total disaster. It was a PR nightmare. Um, you did. Nobody understood. It was, dude, seriously. What was it? It was, uh, it was, that was like Embiid hanging out with the uh, oh, Steph yeah, Curry. Em- Embiid and Steph yeah. Curry. And everybody's Why like, are you guys you? making Where? your mainstream news media is at it again? Freaking media trying Nobody to get cares. Joel Embiid out of here. Why you are you are such a... To, re- you guys are trying to problem? start shit again. 
Why are you trying to get Joel to? Do you not know how good Golden State Warriors are? <laughs> I don't. Do you not, think that's I don't a good care. Idea. I don't want. I don't want Joel Embiid on this team no more. First of all, he got an accent. He sound like he's a like a French speaking African out there man. In Cameroon. I can't. I can't take that. Like, what's that supposed to be? I don't like that. <laughs> so people just don't hold on, know. Hold on, that. I have to. I have to spit out some of my oh, chewing my it. chewing tobacco water oh, into okay. a little bottle. So they don't. I have a really good chew story from West Virginia that I'll tell you sometime. Okay. Um, maybe at the end of this podcast. Does, actually, it, write does it, it end with right somebody now. accidentally drinking the uh, the thing? Because I have it's, one of those uh, stories. Something and, like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, so yeah, no people. Nobody understood that. Like I was making fun of the like the radio thing. I literally wrote it at the end of the post, and like nobody, like Philadelphia sports fans, just don't pick up on satire at all. Like I thought it was pretty obvious, but maybe maybe not. But anyway, so. Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Joel Embiid. I mean, that's it, it. On paper, it's the best. It's the best starting five. It's the You're best right. starting five in the East. Like you know, Toronto's depth and Boston's depth is forty times what the Sixers is. I mean, think about think about the Sixers benches right now, Russ. Think like, but you know, I know the trade. It's you know, the, we got to wait for the other shoe to whatever the hell the the shoes sa- saying is. Yeah, yeah. But the bench here. Here are your bench options. T.J. McConnell, Jonah Beyond. Bolden, okay, Boban Marjanovic. Oh, I love Boban. Mike Scott, Haywood Highsmith on a two-way, Furkan Korkmaz, Amir Johnson. Wait, Mike Scott's on a uh, he's on a two-way too, right? Because I I can't imagine Dunder Mifflin's gonna let him stay in Philly for too long, right? It's an office reference. Right. Anyway, so you got Justin. Pe- <laughs> Yeah, Justin Patton's a question mark. You got Shake Milton who broke a finger. Markel, nobody knows. Zaire, I, I don't know what he is right now. So, like literally, well, if you had to, if you had, and, and Corey Brewer, you know, Corey Brewer, they'll probably. Brett Brown told me like straight up last night. I said, would you be interested in having him back if you go through the the trade deadline and there's there's room to you know, sign him to a veteran minimum long for the rest of the season? He said yes. But right now, if you rolled out a bag like of the Sixers are playing tonight. The second unit would be TJ, um, Bolden, Boban, Bolden, Bolden Furkan. Plays, Bolden plays what a stretch four. Boban's your five. Furkan's your three, your two. Furkan plays your two. Yeah, two or three. And then you have. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, there's there's really nothing. You're, you you so, really have to hope if you're if you're the Sixers right now, you have to hope yeah. and pray. Uh, Wayne Ellington, it looks like, is going to get waived by Phoenix as part of a trade. Yes, and, it, and, and he's and from Episcopal. Dopo, he's he's a Philly guy. He's um, uh, he went to where uh, Mike Mamula, uh, sorry, Mike Mamula's kid, not Mike Mamula's I have no kid. Idea. Uh, somebody's kid went um, to. Um, oh no, it wasn't. It was. Uh, yeah, it might have been Mamula's kid. I can't remember. Somebody sure. went to Episcopal. Sure. Um, look, it's it's either that or you have to hope that the Knicks cut or waive uh, Wesley Matthews. The Sixers yeah. have more money to offer him than pretty much any other contender. The only other team that I've seen mentioned in um, like serious contention form is Houston, which would be interesting. And like you know, realistically, if you if you look at it in your Wesley Matthews, it's like, what's your better chance to get to the finals? Well, I'd I'd argue it's with the Sixers team, but I certainly couldn't fault you for wanting to go to Houston. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. the <laughs> the the flip side of that is James Harden playing super ISO ball isn't going to get you nearly the amount of shots you would think. 
Um, and, no, and if you're Wesley Matthews, he, you're going to, you're going to want to be in a situation where you're going to get your minutes. You're going to get your shots, put up your points, get a big contract in the off season. Right? Yeah, no, so, do we, do we know like what his motivation is right now? I mean, like, does yeah. he like dying to go win? Does he want to make money? Does he, I don't really know too much about like that's that side of it. I know, I know his game, obviously I know it'd be a really good fit here, but listen, if you, if you, we, we all know that the playoffs are eight man rotation, right? Yep. So you got your starting five. You have say Bobons plays ten ten minutes, eight or ten minutes in the playoffs just to spell Embiid, right? Yep. Uh who who you know, and you say you get get a buyout wing, okay, that's seven. So who's your eighth guy right now? Is your eighth guy on the roster? I, I can't no, imagine. No, he's he is. Uh, he's not on the roster right now. That's the problem. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I, they're well, so. They're did you include so Zaire? I, I, you cut for a second. Did you mention Zaire? No. I, yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Think, no, look, he, the, you don't know. The, I mean, you don't the, know what well, he is. Yeah. The Zaire component of this, I think, is is really where a lot of the. I, I think a lot of the season swings on it. For as awful as that might sound, if Zaire is able to come in, nobody expects him to to score. That's not his thing, um, or at least yet. Even in coming out of college, you know, there was the, the talk about rebuilding a shot. I, I think if we're being honest here, you look at Zaire as a guy who, if you end up in a series against Boston, he's a switchable guy. He's got length. He's got a, a nice long wingspan. He's somebody who could presumably, you know, try to iso mark, um, you know, Jason Tatum or, or Jalen Brown or get in on a second unit, whatever. Um, he could also guard point guards. So when Terry Rozier comes in and, you know, is putting up whatever threes he wants to or getting whatever he wants, you know, that that does give them something they don't have. Because right now, like that to me, you know, when we kind of did the postmortem on the Sixers last year, that was the thing that I said, like the team has to address their lack of wings and switchable wing players. And they didn't do it. And now if you if you look at it like Jimmy Butler, maybe as an on ball defender, specifically yeah. on one guy is a better individual defender than Robert Covington was, but he's not switchable. He's not nearly as switchable. Right. I mean, some of his closeouts and some of the, like, whatever recent game it was, he looked really lazy getting to the perimeter. Yeah, uh, it's been was a two... couple games for him, hasn't it? Like, yeah, the last I week, feel like the Butler's... Sacramento game was, yeah, as well as he, as good as he was on the offensive side, I want to say it was a Sacramento game where he was just kind of like, whatever, perimeter defense, you know, and Buddy, yeah. Buddy Heald looked like the second coming of uh, – Jerry West out there. So listen, yeah. this is what this is what I would do if you have a short bench. We know that Brett has been doing some of this Jimmy Butler point guard stuff to try to get the pick and roll game work and get his you know comfort level applied, right? And so keep him happy. Yeah. yeah. So if if you link, you know, say you have you go the second unit point guard and you don't want to go with TJ. Say you say you stagger it so that Jimmy is the ball handler with the second unit and you can match in his his minutes to Joel's minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can kind of stagger them in a way that Jimmy and Joel are running a lot of pick and roll uh, when when Ben Simmons is off the floor. But the thing is now that when you bring Ben back on, you compare him with Tobias Harris. Yeah. So you have another shooter to surround Ben, which, is, which has been the problem with that Ben and TJ lineup for the longest time now because they stagger Ben. He goes down and plays power for it. TJ's the ball handler. Ben and TJ are not shooters. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, so... Now, when you're swinging it, you know, and, and Bolden in those lineups, he can shoot, but he's not, you know, he's not Tobias Harris, right? So now if you're looking at a staggered lineup where you went TJ, Ben at the four, um, Harris playing power forward, uh, if you had, even if you put Brewer into that lineup, he can shoot a three-pointer. And yeah. then... I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just go with that and have Ben play the five because Boban, I don't, he's such a unique 
dude. I, I don't really so know cool. how he fits. <laughs> L- listen, if, if you're listening to the show and you did not go find the, the Bobon and Tobias Harris video of them hunting for dinosaurs, it was an ESPN feature. It was hilarious. If you mm. did not go look up the Bobby and Toby show yet on YouTube, it's uh, three, like, two-and-a-half-minute clips, uh, and, and one of them culminates in them going to see... They're going to uh, SoulCycle, yeah. finding out that SoulCycle doesn't have a size 20 shoe, and then eventually SoulCycle getting it for it and, and Bobon having to run the class. It's incredible. I think the, you... The, the bromance here between Tobias Harris and... Yeah. and and uh, Bobon is incredible. I mean, this is this is honestly <laughs> like character, if He's you took Dario Saric and TJ McConnell and gave them talent, that's what this is. I'm just kidding. I know that's awful. If I'm you... gonna get somebody. There's gonna be so many people on Twitter. You're such a jerk. How could you say it about Dario? How could you say it about TJ? No, but seriously, like so... Bobon. Bobon is is the most. Uh, what was it? He's the most efficient scorer. Yeah. Per 538. In well, you NBA know, Boban, Boban played his season high in minutes in the game in Philly because Montrez Harrell and uh, and Gortat were both in foul trouble yeah, he had early three in that fouls, game. And he I played, think, in the first yeah, half. Yeah, so they started Boban in the second half, and the Sixers couldn't figure him out yet, uh, or figure him out and, right away. But, and but, remember, Brett was effusive in praise after that game. Yeah, about, I asked him about, about that. About I was, what, I what asked like, did. I asked like four Boban questions after that game. I don't know because it was just something different. To talk about, I mean, like, how often do you get to talk about like Duh. seven foot three? The Serbian Ben and dude? Joe like each other, Bo. I know, right? So, um, the I'll get I'll more on Bob in a sec, but but Harris, what Harris gives you that you never really had is that he can put the ball on the floor, dude. <laughs> like he's got a good little dri- dribble drive pull up game. He's a good finisher around the rim. I think the stat was when I was looking at his shooting chart today. He's above league average, like everywhere, but he's above league average and like. Nine out of the fourteen different zones that they chart on the NBA on the NBA shooting charts, you know, the only spots where he's really below average are like baseline mid range kind of stuff. And he's not he's not the best elbow shooter, but he can step through a, a pick and roll, and he can he can hit from twelve to fourteen feet, you know. Yeah. So I think what what you're doing, I I still think I, I personally still like Brett Brown's offense. You know, theoretically, it's it's meant for like a Warriors kind of team where you have a bunch of dudes who all want to shoot. You know, so now you have Harris, Butler, Redick, Embiid. Ben doesn't have to really do jack shit. He can still drive to the to the rim, sure, but I mean, he's got four people who can shoot the ball who are going to be around him. So I think you try to run your base motion with those five guys, and then when you when you're inevitably going to have to stagger, you know, you pair. Joel and Jimmy, let them run their pick and roll stuff, and you pair Ben with Tobias Harris and let them do it do it that way. You know, um, yep. it's just <laughs> Brett Brown. Dude, man, he's I, got the got the he, he's going to be under so much pressure, dude. Just wait until oh, it's, wait until it's they insane. have their first shitty loss with the <laughs> with this group. For sure, like, it's going to be you know the what? loudest I, thing. I feel like in in a sense though, Kevin, like I do think that there is going to be part of the Sixers fan base. Like obviously, there's going to be the vocal part that that's going to say, "Oh, Brett, he needs to go." But, like, I think that there's going to be an understanding this is going to take some time. Like, this is not a move that you make in order to go rise up the Eastern Conference in this moment, right? This is this yeah. is a move that you make for the postseason. And it's very hard to get all of these different components, all of these different playing styles, to get it to all coalesce and, and, and culminate in this, you know, real beautiful finished product. Like, I, I think it's fair to say that, like, even with Jimmy Butler... Even if this trade hadn't gone down, there was going to be a ton of conversation about, man, just imagine what this team could look like with Jimmy Butler having a full offseason. Well, imagine what it could look like if if uh, Tobias Harris gets a full offseason to work with 
with Ben and Joe and maybe Jimmy if he doesn't bolt for yeah, New York but I mean, or LA. But they're so, not, but they're I mean both those guys are UFAs, you know? So yeah. it, it, they I, don't have to what, get though? they don't have to get it I mean, I know what you're saying. They don't have to get it to where it's perfect right now, but they have to Brett Brown has to do enough to convince all these guys to say, Hey, let's give it a full off season, you know? Yeah. Because oh, the NBA look, is just I, so weird in the fact that they just don't have any practices and you know, they're doing an hour closed session you know, as a shoot around before a game or something like that. It's just, it, I, I think what people would be concerned about is that look how long Butler's been here now and you're still yeah. trying to figure it out. So now you throw yeah. another guy in the mix. Well, look, I, I think the Tobias Harris part of this, like I, I get that Jimmy and Tobias are both going to be UFAs, but let's be honest. The, the NBA collusion is a thing, right? Yeah. Players, players, agents, front offices, they all talk. And I know that I brought this up over the offseason or like some point in the offseason. And I, I made the comment that like LeBron clearly has gotten his point across to the Sixers on if he's interested or not. And somebody like tried to rip me on Twitter saying, oh, no, like how 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 could he do that? He's not allowed to talk to other teams yet. There's a there's a gag period here. He can't say anything. You Teams can't communicate I mean, everybody with, talks with pending to free each, agents. They like, always talk to each everybody, other all the time. Yeah, agents talk. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's hypotheticals. Like, who cares? And look, the NBA has not really gone after much of anybody for uh, for worrying about tampering or whatever, right? So if you're the Sixers, you've clearly gone through back channels and found out if Tobias Harris would be interested in staying here. You don't make this move. Part with the assets that you did to try to convince Tobias Harris in what is it thirty? How many games are left in the season? It's not. I'm yeah, getting my hockey, 30, my hockey numbers. 30 it's like thirty something, something right? And Nineteen. Right like now, yeah. the the idea of trying to sell a guy in thirty games is pretty hard. You make this deal because you know that Tobias Harris is very interested and or committed to committing to the Sixers going forward. And you know, I know that that a lot of people have brought this up, but it really is a hedge against if Jimmy leaves, right? Well, because Harris before is, this, Harris. It, uh, sorry, finish your point, man. I'm sorry. Because, like, with with the case of Jimmy, like, they are different players. They play different positions. Um, they're they're at a different point in their lives. When I look at it, to to me, like, if you had if you said Russ, like, you've got to max out one of these guys. You've got to give the one of these guys a five year extension. Which one do you do? Jimmy Butler is a better player now. Tobias Harris fits the timeline a lot better. Yeah, because he's 26. Right. Because he's 26. He fits with Ben and Joel on that level so much better. And Tobias Harris is a guy. By the way, and it was funny, I, I forget who it was in our Slack channel this morning, but like somebody was was um, saying, like, I don't even really know much about Tobias Harris. Like, where was he? What did he do? I mean, he, he flew under the radar for a lot of his career. He felt like a guy who was going to be underwhelming. And then look at what happened in his last year in Detroit. He really started to turn it around. He goes out to L.A., flourishes in his role. To me, like, Tobias Harris is a guy that, you know, if you walk away from all the moves that Elton Brand made this this season, and you end up with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler walks, it's not a failure of a season because you take that Jimmy Butler money, that max extension money, and you fortify the bench. I mean, sure, you could try to make a run at another guy. Like, you want to make a run at Kawhi? Have at it. I don't think you can do it. I got a I trade for you, I don't think you, there's Russ. any interest there, but go I ahead. I got a trade for you that just happened right now, apparently. Is this the Shumpert one? Wizards are sending Otto Porter to the Bulls yep. for Bobby oh. Portis and Jabari Parker. Yeah. I always confuse uh, Porter and Portis, and uh, Jabari is useless. So That's, I mean, it's just the, neither it's, of those teams are going. Okay, so that doesn't really affect the Sixers. It, no. no. Um, listen, if you, if you, I, I would offer just you know, if if it was right now. I mean, obviously, you see how the season plays out. But I would offer Jimmy three, you know, three years, and say take it or leave it. You can play for a winner here. 
And I would I would rather max out Tobias Harris because, like you said, you're just on I the agree. same timelines with those guys. And and assuming Brett Brown sticks around, you know how important having a, a good stretch for shooting stretch four is to his system. You know, yeah. it just helps Joel Embiid so much. I mean, look at how Joel Embiid played with Dario and Urson versus, you know, what who, who's the non like I you know Mescala yeah. or Trevor Booker like, or something Mescala like that. You know? doing, like whatever. No, I mean um, he. Tobias Harris is Dario with playing better defense and more athletic with a handle. <laughs> Bingo! Yeah, he he is a he's a, a much better. And Dario he, was really good for the Sixers last. Year. You know, I mean, he, he really was. was. He just he the defensively. He, you know. What was that was the thing, right? Yeah. Because with with this lineup, and if you go into a postseason series against Toronto, I, I'm not so sold on Milwaukee, but like Toronto or Boston. You know, last year two of your starters were easily attackable in Redick and Sarish. Yeah. It's not the case here. Now Tobias now Harris gonna... is by no by no means a defensive stalwart, no. but he's he is certainly capable and within the system and knowing that you have Joel Embiid behind you in case you screw up, like it's not a bad look. Yeah, they're not like Boston's not gonna be able to fuck around with Horford and Baines and that kind of stuff as easily as they did last year. You know, that no, was imagine, a... imagine uh Joe Joe goes out with Boban. To uh to screw with those guys now Boban obviously can't chase guys out to the three point line but you just Joel just Embiid park Boban poke, on the same team. <laughs> it's just like crazy dude, like to park me. Boban down under the hoop yeah. nobody gets in um I want I wanted to hit really quick you know, the the real the greater macro picture of what this trade did not only for the Sixers and not only what it does for the Clippers and there are so many things at play here you know Danny Ainge always got credit for playing three dimensional chess. Elton Brand played eight-dimensional chess on this. I was going to do a post and whatever. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. So there's so much fallout to this, and I'm sure that at this point we're recording at night on on Wednesday. So I'm I'm assuming that most of these things have come out in some way, shape, or form. But trading all these assets to the Clippers helps you on a lot of levels if you're the Sixers. One, we know for a fact that Boston is interested in acquiring Anthony Davis, and Davis and his dad aren't, aren't too keen on the concept, right? You don't necessarily want Anthony Davis to go to the Lakers because that could. There are things that could happen uh, in that case that could cause a, a couple problems on the Sixers end. So if you look at what happens with the Clippers, if the Clippers are able to go swing an AD trade, you've now taken that that potential play, that potential trade out of play uh, with Boston. That's good. The Clippers, by virtue of making this trade, have put themselves back in the lottery, which means that pick will not convey likely to the Boston Celtics this year. Um, Right now, Memphis is in a position where they are very close potentially to bottoming out, and that pick might not convey to Boston. You look at what this trade does on uh, another level for the Sixers. By adding Tobias Harris and fortifying the starting lineup, and not necessarily the bench as much, but we'll see with with waivers, the Sixers becoming a stronger team now reduces the likelihood of the Toronto Raptors going to the NBA Finals. And that's big, obviously, because that means that that's less of a pitch to make to Kawhi Leonard. Before this, I would have said Toronto wins the East pretty easily. Now, you at least have the question mark. And if Kawhi Leonard isn't totally sold on Toronto and you don't get to the NBA Finals, I'm not sure that he resigns there. 
The Clippers were a team that were mentioned multiple times as being a team interested in getting Kawhi. So this trade has not only hurt Boston, it potentially hurts Toronto as well. Well, Sacramento now, you know, with the Clippers. Oh being, yeah, that was the other yeah, one. with yep. the Clippers being out of the playoff picture now. Sacramento, Sacramento now probably the, makes the playoffs. And that hurts and their value of the tra- of the draft pick that goes to Boston. Exactly. So yeah, yep. it was it was a really so like El- it was El- a Brandon very a inception kind of level. Yeah, it was a good trade. It was a good trade. And Danny Landry, Ange- you feel bad for Landry Shamit, but I mean, like these guys, their value to it's because they were good and they ended up being decent players. Their service to the team was being good enough assets to make the team better, you know? And think about Same that. Same with Covington He was a late, late first-round oh, pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he ends up becoming really yeah. the, the centerpiece of the trade. Because like I said before, that Miami 2021 pick, for as valuable as we thought it was when it was acquired, yeah. like, it, it did lose some value. So really, still, it's a I mean, late first-round do, pick this year. If you don't year, do the Mikael Bridges trade, then it doesn't, you know, then, this this never one, happens. then Tobias Harris is not a, it's not a sixer. So Exactly. There's multiple so, layers, I mean, man. Look, it's if, the NBA. If, if I'm Danny Ainge at this point, I have to blow up my team a little bit, right? I know that they're a super deep team, but they have yet to find any kind of cohesive units. Gordon Hayward still looks like he's being like like he's still hampered by injury. And and honestly, I think it's fair to question. I know a lot of Boston fans and, and media have questioned whether Gordon Hayward's ever going to be the player that they thought they were going to get pre, uh, pre-injury. You look at guys like Jalen Brown, who were used to, and Terry Rozier, who were used to playing huge minutes last year when Kyrie was out and Gordon Hayward was out, and they proved they could get to the conference final. Those guys are all kind of irritated that they're not getting significant minutes, and they haven't really been able to find their groove. If I'm Danny Ainge and I'm looking at this objectively, now I have to say, all right, Anthony Davis is probably off the table, and we've got to do something, right? If I'm Boston, I'm, I'm making one of a few moves, but I have to think that the thought has gone through his head of trading away a guy like uh, maybe Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier and maybe one of the wings. You're not going to get rid of Tatum, so maybe it ends up being Jalen Brown and offloading a couple of your first-round picks that are now not nearly as valuable as they were before. Do you call Washington, and does Washington say, hey, you know what, we might make Bradley Beal available? You just cleared a lot of salary and Otto Porter leaving. You know that John Wall's out for an entire season. Mm-hmm. And you know that if, if you're Washington, you're not making the playoffs without – um, without John Wall, Otto Porter doesn't really change that all that much. Bradley Beal's playing well, but he's $25 million against your cap. If you're Washington, do you kind of try to get somebody uh, like Jalen Brown, who you can sign to a pretty decent extension, get under contract for a long time? Um, you might have to max him out, which would be kind of funny. But like at least in, in that, you're also getting some first-round picks, and you're kind of able to replenish. Because remember, in two years, John Wall's contract, I believe, hits $40 million a year, uh, and he's going to be coming off yeah. a ruptured Achilles. So... To me, if I'm Danny Ainge, like I think at some point you have to think about making a move. And, you know, it's great to have all the depth, but the difference between Milwaukee's depth, Toronto's depth, and Boston's depth is the the first two really have a lot of role players who are used to being role players and are able to maximize and optimize their time. Boston, to me, for as scary as they are of a, as a playoff matchup, I'm not as as worried about them now as I was, you know, even two weeks ago. So I, well, I, I don't know. We'll I think they're in a very interesting place, but, you know. We shall see. Good job, Elton Brand. Yeah. We uh, we uh, tip your, our hats to you. Well, well the done. next three are Denver, the Lakers with LeBron, and uh, Boston. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> so LeBron James. I, I, yeah. uh, I shared that YouTube video a couple times on posts. It's just the LeBron James kid. Somebody looped it for 10 straight hours. <laughs> And put it on YouTube. LeBron James. LeBron James. James. All right, let's talk about that. Does it change the uh, the speed? 
Uh, no, I think it's just the same six second clip over and over and over for ten hours. I'll hey, can I can I uh, can I tell you a secret? No. I'm bringing Carson Wentz onto the podcast right now, but you can't tell anybody. And he's going to answer some questions, and it's just going to be you and a couple of my favorite friends, including Ruben Frank. Do you accept the the uh, invitation, Kevin? So, originally we were going to try to do do this on uh, Monday. Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it was going to be Tuesday. Tuesday. Was Monday? Oh, yeah, it was yeah, Monday. Monday, right. So the the meeting with Carson, I think McLean said it took place Thursday. Okay. I think he said that in a, one of his articles or something. So the super secret meeting was Zach Berman from the Inquirer, Jeff McLean from the Inquirer, Dave Zangaro and Rube from NBC Sports Philadelphia, Sheil Kapadia from The Athletic, and Tim McManus from ESPN. So, where do I want to start with that? Um, list that? List those people again. Zach Berman, Jeff McLean, Dave Zangaro, Ruben Frank, Shiel Kapadia, and Tim McManus were the six One invaders. of these things is not like the other. One of these people doesn't make any sense. Okay, so let's here. I'll start here. Um, let's let's go uh, first. Like, kind of what we think. The Eagles were like let's go macro than micro kind of thing. So, I mean, to me, like, like this is what I said in the story yesterday that people were reading all day. People just like reading about this shit for some reason. So, go figure. I mean, I think we would all probably say that those are like the six six of the main guys, right? The quote unquote main guys. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm looking I through, so, yeah. I looked through a bunch of um, quote sheets, transcripts from Doug Peterson and. Jim Schwartz and whatever, and to, to go through and look at who's asking the most questions, it's Berman, McLean, Ruben, uh, McManus. Those guys' names pop up. Like, they're there all the time. They work for the biggest outlets. Um, so, to me, it makes sense. Now, I, I don't know why – I, I don't know what the motivation of the Eagles is here. I guess the motivation is th- – they would like to make Carson available, sure, but they don't want to put him in front of like forty motherfuckers in an auditorium and have everybody like passing the microphone, everybody yelling over each other to try to get questions in. Um, so that's one thing. And you put him in a setting with smaller, a smaller setting, he's more comfortable, and theoretically, he gives better answers because he doesn't feel like there's a million people kind of on top of him at the same time, right? Um, I don't know why, if they picked six people, they only represented four different outlets. You know, why do you need two people from the Inquirer and why do you need two people from NBC Sports Philadelphia? You know, WIP in case th- one falls asleep. I don't know. WIP is your flag is the flagship radio station of the Eagles. So like Elliott Shore Parks, but they're not there? Philadelphia's football station. Remember? No, that's ninety seven five The Fanatic, Philadelphia's first FM sports station. Mm. So, I mean, I I, I don't. The, to to me, I think the concept is simple. If you want to get the message out, you do it with some of the main beat guys uh, who have who work for the biggest outlets, the legacy outlets, who have the widest reach. Now, I know that sounds kind of hypocritical when you talk about the fact that the f- athletic is behind a paywall and yep. the Inquirer now is behind a paywall. Or if you're reading it in the newspaper, you're paying for the newspaper. But still, it doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of subscribers to those things. They still have a ton of reach. NBC Sports Philadelphia, Ruben, Dave have a ton of readers, and Tim McManus does a really good job for ESPN. So I understand the 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 kind of the strategy behind it, right? You know, there's there's nothing in the rules that says that they have to make them available to everybody. You know, so you know, Jack McCaffrey and 
Bob uh, Dave Weinberg from the Press of Atlantic City, uh, Jack from the Delco Times, um, and Groats from uh, from the Delco Times. They were like a you know they were kind of annoyed that you know they handpicked these people and then other people weren't invited. So, you know, I guess Jack's kind of complaint was that he felt like these people were picked because they knew that it would be that they would go easy on Carson or that they were suggested that they were homers or stuff like that. Right. So you, you, you and I know that one of those, one of those people certainly is not a homer. (laughs) One of those people is somebody that we've talked about on this podcast being maybe overly critical, uh, asking too many of the pointed questions and not enough of the fluff. Well, that's another layer too within a layer. Is it not? Because if we know Howie Roseman hates Jeff McLean, but maybe the Eagles PR staff doesn't feel that way. Or are they just throwing him a bone and inviting him here as kind of a like, you know, we do we do respect you as a hardworking legacy media guy who you know uh, does some good writing, reports some good stories, asks some hard questions. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just a Howie thing. Maybe it's just a Howie laughing in his face yeah. <laughs> at the press conferences. But Brett Strosacker and and the PR staff might might not feel that way. You know, so that's another layer. But. I mean, you can't say that it's a homer thing because Jeff has been kicked out of the press box. You know, his colleague punched him in the face. So, you know, if if you wanted to do, if you wanted to go that route, or you're just hiring homers here, you would have Dave Spadaro sitting there with like, you know, a TV anchor or a columnist or somebody who's not there all the time. You know, you know what I mean? It would ve- yeah. be very easy. Yeah. Just you could have just sat down Carson with Spadaro, and everybody would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. So, I mean, that would have been. The, uh, the state TV network, right? So I don't know. What did you make of the of the of the cele- of those six before we even get into like the whole like whether it's justified the or content, not? What yeah. what did you make of the selection of those people? I think you hit it on the head. Like I, I don't think you need multiple people from the same outlet, and I, I think that maybe more than anything is is what I take away from it. You know, you mentioned Elliot Shore Parks, who works for WIP, really as their their Eagles writer now. And I don't know, is that, is that a, um, a, what's the word, like being apprehensive of, of having one station there and not the other, even though one broadcasts your games? Like, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, you could then say, you could then make the argument that they only had him there because it's their radio partner. That's that's fair. Why, if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you have, well, 97.5 doesn't have anybody. I mean, if we talk about like, go down this list again, Zangaro, like he's fine. There's there's nothing that I I you know find as must read. Uh, Ruben Frank, I think of all the people, doesn't make any sense to be there. Um, Did you know, uh, by I, the way, I Russ? I don't I don't get it. Tobias Harris is the first person to play for both the Clippers and the Sixers to shoot more than forty three point four percent during a calendar year in which the average global temperature rose to. 65.3 degrees but only at a latitude that went higher than Eurasia you know I genuinely thought that was a real stat coming wow that's a great, that really, a great really stat man and you guys you know, <laughs> great stat man sick all you gotta do is get a basketball like, reference you got like a hookup like at three Alliance, you want, Alliance Sports Bureau sick so Zangara um, you're just whatever Z- Zangara's like whatever Ruben Frank to me doesn't really make a lot of sense being there um, McLean I you know I think McLean and McManus and and it was Shield, right well and Zach yeah. too and the thing that I left out about Zach and, and was Zach. Zach is the president of the uh, local 
what the hell the is PW it called? Ring? Yeah, the Pro Football Philly Writers Association. The Pro oh, Football Writers okay. or whatever. Keith Pompey is the okay. president of the the, oh, the basketball, basketball ones. Zach is the Zach is. Make sure you pay your make sure you pay your dues. Oh well, I'm not a member. I don't think I'd be invited anyway. But Zach, um, so so I'm part of that is that you're kind of like the the steward, if you will, of the media, yeah. you know, and trying to ensure that everybody is treated fairly and everybody has access. So I should I should so have put Zach, that in the Zach story. Being there I, makes forgot, sense. I forgot about yeah. it, but yeah. So but, Zach being there makes sense. McManus, I think, will you know would would do it justice. Um, McLean is obviously somebody that I think is a must read, or is at least somebody that you want to get the opinion of. And um, and, and I you know I think pound for pound, Sheila Capadia is the best. I think Sheila's the best. In, yeah. In in the city, yeah, I agree. I, you can put him up there as being maybe the best Philly sports writer going right now yeah no and shield's not a oh no I, I appreciate that i mean you know you know i love what you do <laughs> but like shield i, I shield is is really fantastic really good, yeah. like we used to rag on the athletic on this show uh early on but like he really is worth going and, and getting a subscription at least during eagle season like he's he's that good so him being there makes all the sense in the world so like i mean i think you can go down it and, and then honestly then it really is like the two nbcsn philly guys like uh, like, am I gonna go prioritize either of those guys? Like, if if you if if you held if I held a gun to your head, Kevin, mm-hmm. not really. Like a let's go with a you know, water gun, and I said you only get to read two of these people. Who do you pick? Of those six people, of those six, who are the two people that you go? Read? I would read Shield. Yep. Um. I mean, maybe McManus, but he's writing like shorter stuff for ESPN. I don't know, Zach. Zach or McManus, probably. You wouldn't put McLean in there, really? <sighs> See, I feel like I would. Especially because of the way that a lot of this stuff went down. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't dislike Jeff's writing. I don't I, I think it there's very I think it's I think after Shield, I mean I, all those guys to me are probably at the same I don't think the there's much of a yeah. different differentiation beyond there, but so let's go from six to seven. Like if you if you were going to have six guys from six different outlets, would you have one of the newspaper guys there? Like would you have one of the old school guys who's would been you have on like the le, like a, a Les Bowen or a Paul Dominic? Well, no, because that's re, that's redundant already. Same outlet, right? So would you have like a Nick Fierro or like a Dave Weinberg or like a Martin Frank or would you have like an NJ.com? Would you have like Mike Kay or Zach Rosenblatt uh, down there? Would you have, would you go out of it completely? Would you bring in a TV dude? Would you have like a John Clark or something there? Yeah. You know, I think NJ.com probably had a case uh, to have a person down there. I don't. I don't know if 97.5 has any representation, but but I don't. So so this Jack's, is a genuine question I have. Yeah. I want to know who reads NJ.com. I don't mean that to be rude. I don't mean that to be awful to the people who work there. I'm sure that all the people who write there are fine human beings. They do a good job. But like NJ.com isn't even in my uh, like my general rotation. Well, they're weird. They're Honestly, just weird forget, because for, they do. I forget about them un- unless there's something. Well, because they service, but they service North Jersey too, so it's weird. You know, okay. like you have yeah. Lombardo, who was covering the Eagles, you know, for them for a while. Now covers the Giants, but for the same outlet. But he's out of sight, out of mind. You know, so Zach was doing the Sixers for them last year, and then he moved over to cover for Elliott's departure. Or, I'm sorry, he yeah. covered for Matt's departure, and then Mike K came back to cover for Elliot's departure to 
WIP. So this is what Jack was, was saying. This is the stuff I clipped. Jack says, all sports writers accepting an invitation, only arranged group meeting, ought to uh, interview, ought to realize that they are the ones that organ- the organization expects to snap to attention. It's an insult, not an honor. And Mark Eckel responded to him. Mark, who did the beat for like years and is not on it anymore. He says, I remember back in the day we used to joke about one or two guys being fans with a pass. Now that's almost all there is. And so Mike Sealski, of course, comes to the defense. <laughs> Mike's like the default defender of journal of journalistic journalism. honor. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously, Mike, I'm so fed up with these people. I'm so fed up with no, this Mike's, crap. Mike's, like what, like no. what you said on the last show, though, about like people putting up sports writing as being almost as important as like first responder kind no, of stuff. No, I, like, I know. Like carry, these guys carrying the prop torch. it up. Like, I get I, there's it. a bunch of like Jim Acosta's running around here thinking that they're like, you know, doing the Lord's work or whatever the fuck. It's, it's not, you know, we aren't, we're not, like I said on the last podcast, we're not trying to uncover Russian collusion here. You know, we're not working for Medicare for all, you know, we're just talking about whether the quarterback is injured or not. You know? We're not here to find out if, if Juan Guaido was really justified in declaring himself the interim president. That's right. Of, of Venezuela. Right. This is yeah. not, we're not talking Nicolas Maduro here. We're talking nice. Carson Wentz. You know? But yes. anyway, so Sielski says, guys, you know how much I like and respect you both, but come on, if you're going to call Jeff, Zach, Tim, Shiel, Dave, and Rube homers for the Eagles, because that's who you're talking about here, then don't subtweet them. Say it loud and proud. And Jack like that. says that's what any organization expects when it handpicks where it wants the message told. The writers can handle it however they choose, but it should be insulting to know that's how the franchise views you. And then McLean, who rarely like rarely claps back to anything, said, <laughs> "At least you were the first at something." Calling me a lapdog for the Eagles, which is funny because he's not. He's Jeff says, number one, no question was off limits. Two, any journalist who doesn't accept an exclusive under those pretenses isn't doing his or her job. And three, you should know better. Well, I number two, the thing is, it's you know, it's not exclusive because there's five other people there, and it was embargoed until Monday morning, which I found was strange. I don't know why they did this because this, it was because of the Super Bowl. I guess like, so, I don't yeah, know if the NFL has rules that you can't do anything else to distract from the Super Bowl, or whatever. Like but then the, they went back yeah. and forth for a little bit, and Weinberg got in there, and Jack got in there. But but I I don't. I understand Jack's complaint. I don't. I don't think Jack is wrong to to have a complaint. I just think he was complaining about the wrong thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I, I mean. And right. and take it a step further. Like, like I use the small newspaper comparisons. Like I grew up in. You and I both grew up in the fucking sticks, right? Like if yep. this if the Schuylkill County jabroni times had a the Pottsville Republican and Evening Herald. Yeah, Thank if you. you guys had a you know, a reporter down at the Eagles and the Eagles want to get this message out. I mean, are they giving it, are they inviting the guy from the Philadelphia Inquirer? Are they inviting the guy from the, from the Reading, from the Hawk Mountain standard, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) they're not, (laughs) they're not inviting. Like, so I don't, so I'm trying to apply this to like myself or you and Anthony at the flyers. Now, like Anthony's tied in and he's one of the main flyers guys. So maybe it doesn't work well for that. But if the Sixers did this with, and they pulled six secret dudes in there, like I, I wouldn't be offended if I wasn't one of those people because I write for Crossing yeah. Broad. I don't write for some big legacy media outlet, and I don't give a shit. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact. Like if I'm not invited to something like that, it doesn't make me feel any less of a person or any less confident about my work. Like I, do, I don't work for a big, huge newspaper. You know, I still think I'm a good, yeah. right, a decent writer, and I do a decent job with, with a lot of stuff. But I'm not going to say like, boo hoo, I wasn't invited. Fuck all of you. You know, like it just yeah. is what it is because different outlets have a different reach. 
and some are legacy outlets that have been around for forever. So I don't, I don't think the Eagles really did anything wrong. I just find it to be an interesting. I don't think they did anything wrong either. I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's perfectly with within what you would expect. Like none of this is weird. I I think it's really funny to watch people kind of grandstand about, um, you know, it, it, it's clear that. Uh, what's his name? McCafferty. Like, Jack McCafferty. Yeah. yeah, like. And Jack's a good dude too. He's not. He's not a bullshitter. He's not like a like woe is me kind of whatever. He. It's just he, a they bad, just come from it's a, a different, bad stance to take. They just come from an, an old, you know, a different world where it was, you know, here's what we have. Everybody is is made privy to it. But that's the nature of the business too. I mean, like if they want to leak something, they're selective in who they leak to. You know, everybody gets their hands dirty and tries to develop sources and tries to do all this shit too. So it's not. It's not this like. Candyland world of like everything is perfectly fair and everybody gets an equal opportunity to talk to. There's like a lot of insidious shit that goes on. It's just the nature of the business, you know. Doesn't mean yep. that you're any any less of a writer for it or anybody thinks any less of you. But you know, if at the end of the day, if you told me, you know, you had two choice. Well, I'll ask you. You know, if the choice was to have six people handpicked to talk to Carson Wentz or nothing at all, what would you rather have? It's better to have the exposure than it is to uh, to have nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we all took their yeah. quotes and wrote stories off of it anyway. So, yep, exactly. Anyway, I think that's all I really had to say about that. So. I mean, that's what happened. Did we I'm have questions about not... that? We had questions for the show, but I don't, I don't know. If yeah, they... we did. Uh, we had one question that had to do with this. Oddly enough, I think we might have gotten more union questions than we did. Eagles oh, did people accidentally think that we were doing that? No, I think people just know that Crossing Broadcast, the only Philadelphia sports podcast, would actually go out of their way to uh, well, make let's sure do that, that ever all of the Philadelphia teams. Let's do that at the um, end. But John Kincaid, John Kincaid, not your cousin, not your uncle, not your dad. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled differently. Just John. different. Well, it doesn't matter. Some people are illiterate. Uh, John Kincaid says, "What do you think of the invite-only interview sessions as journalists?" Oh wow, that's one thing to call you a journalist, yeah. but. Wow, did I just get caught? Wow. Thanks, John Well, I mean, Kate. yeah, I mean, we just talked about it, so it, was, it would be redundant. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, let me let me ask it this way. If you, like, okay, say Anthony's not down there. Say it was, like, you, and say say that they pulled six flyers people into a, into a back room to talk to them, like Carter Hart pulled his groin or something like that, and they pulled yeah. Karchidi, Danellen, Dave Isaac, John Boric. Who the fuck else is even down there? I don't know. Like Wayne Fish and somebody else in there, and they left you out. Like, would you be like offended? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, but like you haven't been doing I'd be it. Like, I'd be like, do you guys know who I am? Excuse me, I'm a co-host <laughs> of the only Philadelphia Flyers podcast. No, I don't know how you could not have bullshit. me there. Now, I mean, like, look, I, I think it depends. Honestly. I think that the Eagles beat probably has more good people on it than the Flyers does. No offense to uh, to my compatriots, but um, look, I th- I think it would really depend on the names. And you you listed at least one that if that person got an invite over. Now I don't have the clout. I don't it's know like who's down. I just enough. yeah, I lose track. But of it, yeah. but uh, you know, there's at least one there that I would be like, well, I get, I guess I get theoretically why you're inviting that person, but they're it's not going to be. But that I don't great. know, man. I, I just would shrug it off and be like, look, man, okay, you know, maybe you know, maybe for, for I gotta like work, work maybe I gotta I'm work at? harder to to get myself into the inner circle or to or to be viewed as somebody who's worthy of the super secret cabal meeting. You know, like is is that not motivation of of in some way? You know. 
Uh, yeah. Like, if you're going to disrespect me, I'll fucking work harder and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It sounds so stupid talking about sports writing, but it's your career. You know, I could I could see how some people would see it as insulting, but yeah, I think I th- I think that's the difference, right? Like in 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 my case, even in your case, like or um, any job, dude, any job you well, work at, imagine if they had like a you know a, a meeting with no, people I, in I, there, I, and yeah. they said you're you're not important enough to be invited, you know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I I, I just think it really does depend on the person, you know. <laughs> I think if if you're a lifer at this, you went to school for it, you're a lifer, yeah. you've been on the beat for however long. And you think that you've done respectable work, you've been fair to the organization, and then you don't get invited in. I think that would kind of suck. In like my case, as a first year person covering the yeah, team, you're for a, like not a major outlet, like reporter, I'm a, I'm, according to that one comment. Yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm like a very different what? Uh, like I, I'd be in a very different spot. You you've been a beat writer for plenty of time, but it's not like you've done it for the Sixers for. A ridiculous. No, I'm only a year either, and a half right? into the Sixers. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like, I I think that there's a different kind of expectation even there. Yeah. You know. So, I I don't know. I really do think it depends on your experience. I think that that has a lot to do with it. Do you want to do? Um, did you want to say your your Carter Hart piece here? Look, I, I think this is one thing that I want to get off my chest really quick because we haven't been able to record a new Snow the Goalie this week. Anthony's out being a thespian at the. Uh, the Players Club of Swarthmore, I believe, is what it's called. He's out like doing his uh, his acting gig, so we haven't been able to record. But there's a thing that happened on Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio this week that drove me absolutely bonkers, and it's a thing that like typically comes around. And I get that it doesn't affect everybody. I get it. But Mike Missinelli went on to his show and lodged. He he almost like lamented in a in a weird way the fact that oh, you know. We would talk. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, Kevin. We would, you know, we would, we would talk about the Flyers, but um, you know, they they they, they just don't. They don't. They don't move the needle, you know. And uh, Tyrone, Tyrone, can you turn my mic up a little bit? Thanks, Nat. Nat, what are you looking at? Um, the Flyers. He his whole thing. You should preface this by saying was, that the. This is on the what? radio station that broadcasts the yeah. Flyers game, so, so, <laughs> which is the yeah, most ridiculous exactly. thing of all. The, the flagship station of the Philadelphia Flyers, 97 by the Fanatic, with the outright leader in <laughs> Philadelphia sports talk, Mike Missinelli. He goes on the air. He talks about the fact that it, you know the Flyers don't do enough ratings-wise. The fan base isn't big enough to, you know, put, to move the needle. Right, so there's no way that the the 97.5 Mike Missinelli, nobody can talk about the Flyers. It's just kind of a waste. It's a shame that their numbers aren't better. It's a shame that the team's not better. And thought he would move on, and that was it. Well, you know, I just want to point out the fact, and this is, you know, I get it. Hockey's a niche sport. I get that the general public doesn't care all that much. I get that, you know, I think even casual fans and people who aren't necessarily Flyers fans have now gotten to know the name Carter Hart and why. It's because the the entire season has turned around since Carter Hart uh, was called up from the Phantoms. But the notion that a sports talk station cannot dedicate even a segment to one of the major teams in the city is nonsense. And if the idea here, if Mike Missinelli is so afraid, or who's the program director there? Is it Eric Johnson now? If Eric Johnson is so afraid that by Mike Missinelli talking about hockey for one segment, that 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 means that However many thousands of people listening to Sports Talk Radio are going to flip to the station. They're going to flip over to John Marks and Ike Reese and never come back, a la, you know, uh, 
uh, WCW Monday Nitro saying that Mick Foley was going to win the uh, WWF world title and, oh, that'll really fill the seats. And then everybody did switch over and they never went back to Monday Nitro and that led to the buyout, whatever. Uh, like, if if 97.5 is that worried about it, then, then they are, I know, then then they have a lot of problems. And I'm sorry, but, you know, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, they're the flagship station, and they won't talk about hockey. There's one show on 97.5 that you know day in and day out will try to bring up hockey at some point, and it's Jason Martinez's midday show, right, with Anthony Gargano. Because. Who obviously doesn't watch hockey. <laughs> it really is Martinez. So let me just put this out here. The reason that Mike Missinelli doesn't want to talk about hockey isn't necessarily because he's being told he can't. It's because he doesn't watch the games, and it's because he doesn't know hockey. And he doesn't want to come off like an idiot. And I think that really is the crux of this. This is a man who is worried about his own personal ego. He's worried that he's going to get called out by people who might call into the station to be knowledgeable. Because if there's one thing that I think we can say pretty declaratively here is if you're a niche sport fan and your team gets brought up on air, you are probably going to call in. And I would guess that the percentage of intelligent callers for flyers or... (laughs) God forbid anybody ever talked about the Philadelphia Union on radio, they would actually get some intelligent callers yeah. because you would look at it as, hey, this is a really good opportunity to go on and, and actually share some well, thoughts. Well, it's like this. It's not like it's not like when Eagles fans or Phillies fans call up or even some Sixers fans call and they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, who's this? Uh, to, yeah, to, Mike. Yeah, Tobias? Mike. What do you, th- what do you think hey, about this? Hey, big fan of the show. Uh, How you, you doing? What do you think about this Cravey uh, on LeBlanc? Yeah. Ho, what do you think about him? Why the fuck would you ever like call and ask that? It's, like, it's so stupid. stupid. But, it's just as dumb as when somebody says, uh, hey, can you talk about what J.J. Redick meant to the team tonight? Like what? No, that's not yeah, a question. Well, he meant a lot. Ask He's a better question. Points. But listen, no, Russ, it's have like, a question, I have, coward. I, you know, this is the war that I fought for years when I worked at the quote-unquote legacy media outlets in in town. It, it was, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it's like you say, well, we're talking about the Flyers and nobody will call in. You know, but the reason nobody calls in is because you never talk about the Flyers. You know, so they're already not listening. Yep. Like you've already alienated yeah. them right off the <laughs> right off the jump. You know, so yes, everybody knows that the the uh, if you pooled all of the sports fans in Philadelphia, the the Eagles fan would have the biggest grouping. You know, obviously the you know, but however, you know, by alienating a smaller clump of Union fans, a smaller clump of Flyers fans, even a smaller clump of baseball fans. Like, the baseball talk on sports radio is pretty bad these days, too. Because what it is is a lot of people who don't watch the games, and they just say, well, is it too slow? Should we have a designated hitter, blah, blah, blah? But they can't t- They can't say, like, well, I think Gabe Kapler made a shitty decision by rolling out F- Alfaro at first base last year. You know what I mean? Like, like shit like that. So it's yeah. – <laughs> what it is is that this – it's – Philadelphia media knows that they can make a living and they can pay the bills off of the Eagles. So they don't even try to do anything else because they don't want to risk losing what they know what does work. You know, when I think it, when I think it's stupid because I think you're just, before you even start, you're just alienating a bunch of people who could be possible customers and clients and listeners. You know, I don't, I don't think talking about the flyers for a little bit, taking an intelligent flyers call means that Joe fucking Jim Bob from Mayfair isn't going to call up and ask a dumb question. Like, I still think, I I don't think you're going to lose those people. What do you think they should do with uh, Nick Foles in this uh, franchise? Yeah, Mike, what do you, uh, what do you think they're going to do with Carson Wentz? 
like why why would you call up and answer? I'll hang up and listen. So bad. That's my favorite. I'll hang up and listen. It's like and I I honestly do like it's it's the program directors. Okay, (laughs) it's it's not it's less about it's less about the hosts and it's less about the talent. It's more about the people calling the shots there. You know, Um, yeah. Above the program directors too. You know, this is the other thing that I'm gonna say. I was on Twitter and I noticed Pat Pat Egan. He was Dwayne from Swedesboro, right? And kept his job (laughs) at the station, right? That was that that guy. So Pat Egan was going back and forth with somebody about hockey on the radio and really like took a shot. I don't think I don't. Well, I don't know if I can say that. I don't I knew what his frame of mind was, but really took a shot at Jason Mertidis and saying that Mert hosts a, uh, a weekly show for an hour and maybe gets two calls. I'm like, dang, dude, like that's somebody who works at your station. Mm-hmm. Like now, look, if I'm Jason Mertidis, I get the fact that today was was all Sixers and it had to be. But I certainly hope that Jason Martinez goes on to the air tomorrow. And but was it? Weren't they talking about a lot of Eagles today? But (laughs) I don't know. Um, I hope that he goes on Thursday and addresses it because I I think it's nonsense. I missed this man. And if there's one person who has to kind of be the the uh, not the cup bearer, the uh, the flame bearer for the the cause, it has to be him. I will point out this happened on Mike. This happened on Mike's show today. I'll write it up tomorrow. I'll listen to the podcast. Okay. I'm gonna write a note um, on my phone. But listen, th- this is this is the thing: the Flyers round uh, roundtable that we did last Saturday at Police Pub at Xfinity, where it was you know a lot of a lot of beat guys, but everybody was on a podcast, right? That was the whole point. Mertidis ran it; it was successful. A lot of people were out; it was a lot of fun. We've seen really big download numbers on our channel, and that tells me, uh, you know, like the snow, the goalie numbers have been high anyway. But you know, I also have to think that all of the other shows have seen a uh, you know a spike in the number because of that show and so i'm going to be very interested i think we, we're going to work on something uh to to pull together the collective mm. numbers to kind of show that you know there actually is oh. some hunger for flyers talk in the How city so I, I think it's going to be interesting i won't call into mike missinelli's show because of course he doesn't want to hear from me and you know i don't want to be talked at or uh, spoken yeah. down to by the philadelphia equivalent of bill o'reilly uh. so here we are anyway let's do let's do the here's what we're gonna do i'm is that, no, is that bad? i'm gonna share my chew story from west virginia and then we're gonna okay. uh let's take some questions about that I had the baseball okay. thing in here. I don't know if people really want to hear about that because we'll let's see. They're going to lower the, the mound. They are going to lower the mound. Okay. No, I don't. I'm well, let me just maybe. make the it's point. It's one of the proposed yeah, rule changes. Yeah, I mean, look, like all the I'll just say this real quickly. All the proposed rule changes are all built with the same thing in mind. One, to sp- the same two things: increase, increase scoring. scoring and speed up the game. You know, I, I don't have any problem yep. with any of that at all. <laughs> a designated hitter should yep. have been should have been a thing. Either either mandatory DH for both leagues or mandatory or or non DH for both leagues. I don't care what the fuck you do. Just make it consistent. Yeah. You know, baseball's ridiculous with, uh, you know, you get to the World Series and people are playing with, with different rules based on where they are. But um, here's my Chew story from West Virginia. So my freshman year roommate was from the Eastern Panhandle, this big old country boy named Morgan. <laughs> and he and a bunch of the other dudes on the floor uh, all chewed tobacco, you know. And they had, you know, they had spit cups. Some of them had, the, you know, usually you just cut, like, you know, spit into a soda bottle, right? And then you yep. dispose of it or whatever. Or a, or a water bottle, a 30, uh, a 30 cent uh, bottle yeah, of water. Yeah, you would know about park, that up your, in Scoogle, Lake, Scoogle County. Water bottle. Um, so 
they thought it would be a good idea. You know, there's like uh, huge Utz pretzel jars that have like a yes. bazillion pretzels in them. They're like multiple yes. gallons. They thought it would be a good idea to make a community spit cup no. where it where it was no. uh, everybody spit into a big Utz pretzel thing. <laughs> I'm gonna. Pee. And they kept it in our room for whatever the fuck reasons. So I didn't smoke or chew or drink or do any of that shit back then. So, um, oh my god, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to pause this really quick. I just. Oh my god. Getting back to what we were just talking about with Pat Egan, uh, some, somebody put out the thing that Miss Anelli said, and uh, an African-American woman, Kiana, I think her name is, on Twitter, she said, hey, some of us blacks like hockey. Les Bowen quotes, quote tweets it and says, I wonder if Dwayne from Swedesboro was a hockey fan. Anyway, sorry, continue. Go back to your... See, we should save story. shit like that for that when people when people like talk shit about crossing broad or say we're like a bunch of like little clowns or whatever the hell I can say, look, you got to inquire a writer who's like joking about this shit too, you know? So anyway, yeah. um, so they had, they start filling up this big Utz pretzel jar with spit <laughs> and like they That's get so it. Gross. to the goal was by the end of the year to fill it up. And that would be the big, like crowning achievement to fill it up over the year, over the course of the year, the whole year. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. disgusting. So we got it to like, oh, we, I say no. we, they got it to like 75% full oh, and somebody came back no. drunk on like a Friday night or whatever and they fucking oh. knocked it off the counter. <laughs> 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 it was, the, oh my God, dude, it was the, like, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It was like liquid spit tobacco, like just molded yeah, into gross. the car. Oh my God. It gives me like, I'm yeah. fucking like shivering just even think about it now, but Man, that was some shit. Post-traumatic yeah. tobacco disorder. Chris Henry yeah. and Pac-Man Jones used to steal uh, drugs from my sweet mate, too. So that was another story. What? Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of shit that? that happened in Morgantown, man. So let's do, um, let's take questions. That's my spit story from... Uh, you don't want to, Do you want to talk about the uh, Philadelphia Union? Because we got a couple Philadelphia yeah, Union no, questions. Yeah, no, I mean, I can talk about that. We have that. to address well, this. No, no, yes, no, no, we can. I, I'll do it on, I'll do it on my podcast. Well, let's take the question. Let's oh. take the non-union oh, questions. A tease. Yeah, a tease. I still do All that. right, so uh, first question was from James at Jamsmand. Uh, which Philadelphia team makes the next splash? Well, it certainly isn't going to be the Phillies. You're not a the Bryce Eagles Harper, can't make a you're splash not a believer? No, Are you an Imagine listen, Dragons baseball, believer? Baseball, I will keep coming back to, is a dying sport. And the only thing that's killing baseball more than the, the poor product on the field and the 17-hour games fan. is probably... I like baseball when it's good baseball. I don't oh, like what I've seen recently. Okay. Whatever. You know, I'll be a baseball snob. Um, look, I, I think the only thing that's killing baseball faster than that is is what Scott Boris and Super Dude, Agents in that so sport bad, have done. Man. It's so it bad. It is. They... they, they they have held Major League Baseball. The hostage. NBA could fart out pitchers more and catchers report in, on a eve, on a, any regular evening than yep. MLB would do yep. ever. You know? Pitchers and catchers report later this week to a lot of camps. Which full is the rosters most are in next term week. In all yeah, but like full rosters are in next week in a lot of cases, right? And neither of these guys have signed. And it's a matter of is it Bryce Harper or Manny Machado really want to set the market and say and like be the biggest paid guy? Maybe. But like to me, Bryce Harper is the guy that that ends up earning more money, even though Machado plays at a premium position. I just think that the the fact that these guys have held out like they did, they held up a lot of other signings. Uh, it, you know, it seems like every day the guys who were signing are only signing one or two year deals. It's part of why I think they're going to end up in a really extensive lockout. Russ, um, do you extended do you know lockout. why I'm not I'm not really big into Manny Machado? 
Why? I just don't know if he'll if he's a Philly guy. Oh God. I don't know if he'll hustle Duh. down to uh Lunch pail. Yeah. I mean like look, I, I don't think the Phillies I don't think the Phillies are gonna make a big move anytime soon. If this thing I swear though, Kevin, if this goes to March, I think Bob might Who's this other dude they're looking at? JT Real Muto. JT Real Muto? JT Real Muto is a really JT good catcher. Fake Muto. Um, but the the <laughs> but the uh the whole thing today was the report came out that um the Marlins Sanchez, won Sixto yeah. Sanchez, the the Phillies best um uh, pitching prospect, which would be a heck of an ask for real. Why does it Muto? feel like and, Sanchez has and now, been in the system for like ten years? Seriously, it does. Um, and now the the more updated report by that reporter was, oh well, it would have to be Sixto and Jorge Alfaro. <laughs> the the jump between Alfaro and Real Muto is not, is not as as yeah. big, right? And so I think we need to pump the brakes. What other questions? That. So that's enough yeah. Phillies for now. I think um, to answer the right. question, actually, I think it'll be the Sixers, right? Because the the trade deadline is, is so on they're going to make another splash. Yeah, well, it, you know, maybe like it's a, Markel, a waiver. It would Markel with trading like a, Markel Fultz be a splash? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I'll say Sixers. Yeah, because you're, the return the return isn't going to be great. No, nah, but right? if Lloyd Pierce will um, take him on, and you get like a. Would you? Would you? Would Tarion you trade? Prince, I would. Well, but you still need backcourt. I mean, so do you go backcourt in the buyout market and trade Markel Fultz for Tarian Prince? Yeah, I think that would be fine. I like Tarian Prince's game, and I think if if Wesley Matthews ends up getting waived by the Knicks, there you go. And like now, all of a sudden, you have a bench that's not total trash. And remember, like Brett Brown's not going to roll a twelve-man lineup, right? He's probably going to shorten <sighs> the bench to what nine, maybe yeah, only 10 Joe Prunty would roll out a twelve-man. John in Woof. the playoffs, but Woof. Look what happens when you fire an awful coach and put in a great one. And what other questions? Anyway, you got on there? Uh, Salt Sam at Salts Monster on Twitter says, "Question: Do you think Fultz ultimately goes by the deadline?" I do. Seems like it doesn't. Uh, comment: It was fun for a while, but I'm done with the Harper rumors. Yeah. Concern: Sixers miss out. Uh, Sixers miss on buyout guys and go into playoffs with a bench thinner than parchment paper. That's a concern, man, because if you don't... It is. You know, who else besides Matthews right now are the the buyout guys? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not a big... I mean, last I mean, year, there, last there year was, people can can't think that last year was like an every year kind of thing. Like, that was that does not happen not that often. Not to that extent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were there were initial rumors that DeAndre Jordan might have been waived by the Knicks, but he has a good relationship with Kevin Durant, so the Knicks might hang yeah. on to him through the rest of the season. There has been a little bit of a, a rumbling Back coming out of Washington that, that maybe Trevor Ariza, you know, ends up getting shaken loose. If yeah. Trevor Ariza hits the market and I'm the Sixers, like, yes, that, that ends up being a guy. I go for Wesley or Trevor Matthews first. Trevor Ariza, as the British if Ariza, uh, yeah, I think if you miss out on Wesley Matthews or he's not there, you definitely have to check the box with Wayne Ellington because he at least gives you some backcourt. Uh, if if he's not there and Trevor Ariza does wiggle yeah. free, I mean, you can do a whole lot worse than a good 3 and D and somebody who's got playoff experience. So I, I would not be opposed to that. Um, give me some bread, Maddie At Groves10287 says, comment. Keep owning the trolls in the comments section. Either way, you get the page views. I think that's directed <laughs> at you. Well, that's always the uh, dumb, that's always the dumbest thing, isn't it? Because it's like they always it's like a group of like the same like five or six people who just post under different names every day. And I'm like, why? why if you yep. if you fucking hate 
us in the site. Why do you, why do you keep coming? Why are you there? <laughs> it's yep. just like, it, uh, why are you? I, yeah. I own some dude today with like a waffle house comment. I, I think I didn't really? even think it was that great, but people well, liked it. So dude, there was a, there was one time that you and I both got in the comments and it was on, um, it was the, the post that I did about Jackie McMullen where she said to Zach Lowe, I think he's on thin ice regarding Jimmy Butler. Uh, and, oh, and I thought it was pretty clear that he was, that, that was, she was yeah. talking about, um, about what the Sixers and, and maybe league wide. And somebody's like, Oh, well this, this clearly comes off as Jackie McMullen's reporting something. And, and you can't say it's an opinion. And it's like, this is Russ, how we always said I got it. A, it was uh, like you and I just like smashing this guy down. I what? have a message. Hang on. Let me pull it up here. One sec. I have a message for all the trolls in the comments section of Crossing Broad. Hang on, one sec. Music time? Is it music? Stay the fuck up out my business. I don't need any of these trolls up in my business. The there fuck you, out there of you go. Great. That's that's awesome. All right. Uh, Wisecracks says, ask Kevin if he's surprised that Angela was talking about his lost underwear and not the Sixers trade the night before. No, I'm not because I don't think Angelo Cataldi knows who Tobias Harris is. Yeah, did they is. really not? Um, That's what people were saying. They weren't. There. They were saying like the whole that that a large chunk of the morning was focused on the Eagles. No mention of the uh, the Sixers trade, hmm. and uh, that actually, oddly enough, kind of goes along. So he's talking about lost underwear, and apparently yesterday on Mike Masinelli's show, he brought up something about a carrot and asked about uh, the size I listened of the to carrot. That, yeah. I didn't and, think there uh, was anything and, to that. And somebody somebody alerted me to it, and they're like, did he just sexually harass uh, Natalie Eganoff? And, uh, no, I think, I think so. Nat was just playing was along a, with it. Weird, I don't think, I mean, yeah. It was kind of a weird thing if you uh, only I didn't. I thought it was I, rather I innocuous, can, and I defended Mike for with something like a while back where somebody got like a, somebody told him that I was talking shit on him, which was not even true. Like it was the total opposite of what the actual story was. Um, oh, they're talking about the white basketball players or something. You remember that one? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he said, "Who? Who's and King?" You should have just said, yeah. Google, "Google me." <laughs> yeah, stay oh, the right. fuck about my business. Um, and then finally, let's see. Um, Scotty Mac ninety two on Twitter asked about uh, my, my thoughts on Missinelli's anti hockey rant yesterday. Yeah. I already gave that, and I feel pretty good about did it. You now. Get any, did there I was get a question. Didn't get? Let me see. There. Well, there was one question on here that was Philadelphia Union yeah. related, so I think we have to talk about it really quickly. Thoughts on strengths and weaknesses of a Diamond 4 midfield relative to a 3 right, Well, let me just back it up. Let me, again, I'm going to make, because I have my own soccer podcast, I'll make this relevant to the people who are like the casual or non-soccer fans. But the Union are, are in discussions with this Mexican international player named Marco Fabian. Uh, 29-year-old, five foot seven, attacking midfielder, really shifty, good player, good passer of the ball. Um, would be a perfect fit here. Um, he's coming off a back injury. He plays for Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany, but he played for uh, Cruz Azul and uh, Chivas de Guadalajara in Mexico for many years. Um, Not terrible pronunciation. Yeah, Cruz Azul. How about that? Cruz. Yeah, Cruz, Cruz, Cruz yeah, Azul. It's not Spanish. Spanish. Um, it's Mexican. Spanish. Yeah, yeah. If you were talking to a Castilian, it'd be Cruz Azul. So. Um, thank you for that, Pendejo. So I think that they're, they're, what was the question? What did the guy want to know? Thoughts on a, uh, a diamond. Okay. So the Philadelphia a, a diamond, yes. a diamond four midfielder, uh, midfield in relation to a three, five, two. Uh, well, you wouldn't run a diamond with the three, five, two. It just doesn't happen that way. I no. mean, like a diamond is like a four, four, two kind of look, but the, the union, in most basic terms, the Union want to play with two strikers this year. Okay, they played with one striker for like the last five years in a row. Um, so what they're doing is 
you know, a diamond formation is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's like you have your four-man back line, you have a defensive midfielder, you have two quote-unquote wide midfielders on either side of him, and then you have sort of like a playmaker, number 10, attacking midfielder, Cam, who plays at the tip of the diamond, and then you have two strikers in front of him. And the Union have a guy named Harris Madunian in who's a good passer of the ball, really good eye, good range. Not a defensive guy at all. Can't defend for a lick. Doesn't do well in transition. And so what you do is you try to bracket him with two, with two midfielders who play narrow. And that alleviates his defensive liabilities. But the problem is you, you sacrifice width when you do that. So you have these two guys who are playing inside. They kind of bracket him. And your fullbacks get up and down the field and you get your width out of your fullbacks. Um, so if anybody is into the international game, if you ever watch like AC Milan back in the day uh, when they played like with Carlo Ancelotti back against Liverpool a couple times in the Champions League final. They played the same kind of way. Andrea Pirlo was your number six. You had Gennaro Gattuso, Clarence Seydorf, Massimo Ambrosini, and then he had Kaká playing as the tip of the dime. So Kaká is what Marco Fabian would be if he came to the Union. And basically, Pirlo, you know, you didn't worry about Pirlo's defensive shortcomings so much because you had two really tough box-to-box midfielders playing on either side of him. But you wouldn't call those wingers. They're not wingers. And Ernst Tanner says much that they're not going to have, they're not going to play with wingers this year. Their width is going to come from their fullbacks. So they're going to play narrow. They're going to protect the defensive midfielder. They're going to protect the, you know, they're going to let Fabian do his thing and they're going to play with two strikers. And so basically it's what AC Milan did for all those years. Hmm. How's that for the, right. uh, f- that's a soccer explanation for a four for four crowd. Think, you know? There you go. I think that was pretty solid. I think for a more in-depth uh, version of that, you should go check out. It's always Soccer in yeah. Philadelphia with Kevin Kincaid and Baxter. Yeah, the he's dog. sitting underneath. He actually, st- I, if it sounded like I was fumbling over something a while ago, it's because he came and sat on my uh, cable here and I couldn't move, so I had to, I had to dislodge him. He's half Labrador right. and half uh, half pointer. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about it? Do you have any? Okay, so that was all the questions. Right. Did you have any? Uh, that any was other all thing the questions the that I here? saw. Nah, I man, an it. hour twenty-four. That's not so bad. Yeah, that's not so bad. That's not bad at all. Especially, you know, it's been a week since we're gonna we pick did it, six. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna pick six of our followers, and only those six people can listen to this podcast. <laughs> and the rest of you are just shit out of luck. So maybe next time. Well, you know what? If you believe what that one commenter says, anytime a podcast episode goes up, I think now of any of the the shows on the Crossing Broad mm-hmm. Podcast Network, somebody says. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm sure the four people who listen to this show are going to be excited. Well, joke's on you, pal. It's going to yeah, be sick. Yeah, blow, so me, blow my that. ass. How about that? Yeah. Put that, put, <laughs> put that guy, in your pipe yeah. and smoke it. Or put that I'm in your lip guy. and spit it into a giant Utz uh, <laughs> And then knock it over. Yeah. That's disgusting. I have another, che- I have another chew thing story if you want. I've got one, too. Okay, All we'll right, end go ahead. it on two chew stories. <clears throat> so in the hallways at... Uh, we lived. There were four tower, four residential towers in Morgantown, and all most of the freshmen live in. They're called towers, and four, and most of the freshmen live there. Can hold like two thousand people or something. <clears throat> so there was carpet. There was in the hallways. There was carpet. There was like brown, light brown, and then on the the trim of the carpet was blue. And the dudes would come home drunk all the time, and if they didn't have a, if they were chewing, but they didn't have a spit cup on hand. What they would do is they would spit onto the side of the carpet. So, like, in the blue trim, like, but not on the brown. The rule on the third floor of Lion Tower was that you were allowed to spit in the blue but not in the brown. And the running theme on the floor was, if you're going to chew, keep it in the blue. 
And so if you wanted to spit on the carpet, you had to do it on the fringe of the carpet instead of them. Yeah. That's disgusting. Mine mine was just very simple. A buddy of mine would uh he would chew only when he drank. And uh well eventually that that was as limited as it got. One of our buddies came home, absolutely obliterated in college, and uh there the the dip bottle was sitting there, and I think that night for some reason, uh the spitting vessel had been a a Wawa iced tea container, uh, not your normal uh, like dollar store water bottle. And our buddy came back. He was thirsty. He picked it up, expecting iced tea. He did not get iced tea. It was a mess. It was very gross. It was not a fun cleanup the next morning. Ooh, so there you go. Well, that was a, a tobacco reminder. podcast. That, that tobacco <laughs> kills. Yeah, I once I went I, I went back to Morgantown one time a couple of years ago. And I saw one of my friends who was guilty of knocking over the Uts, um, pretzel jar, and he was <laughs> tailgating. He had a beer in one hand, he had a chew in, and he was smoking a cigarette at the same time. And I'm surprised he's still Sounds alive. Right. I'm surprised. I'm surprised his jaw just didn't fall off. In the park. <laughs> It's a very, God, it's a very man. spooky thing to do. That's, I would not Tell be surprised me, if I, I saw went some home. Shit. Uh-huh. If I went back to Pottsville and I stopped at Sheets, <laughs> I guarantee I'd find that. They have a sheet. So. They have Sheets up in Pottsville. Yo, come is that on, where they dude. start? They yeah, start man. up in Schuylkill County. I, I, I grew on, no, I grew up on blows. Sheets, man. They don't have them in Berks Denise. County, man. What no Sheets in Berks County? Yeah, there are in aren't. Berks County. Where's yeah, the dude. Sheets in Berks County? Uh, Birdsboro. There's a Sheets. Birdsboro has one. There's a Sheets and Birds Borough. Like on 724? Uh, yeah. Know, what the fuck? Yeah. Really? Into where it becomes 422? Yeah. There's a Sheets um, there? there? There, Yes. There are also multiple uh, Sheets in or around the Reading area and all the Ew. way up to Hamburg and then farther north. Ew. So, yes. The 422, 222, the 61 no. corridor. As it were, How about Route seventy three. Seriously, How it would seventy three up on. there in Oli. We didn't have them when I was growing up. There's no fucking sheets up in Berks County. But they're all they're full of shit, man. All right, well, let's end the podcast. I'm not. There's no. I'm there not. were no sheets up in Berks County back in the day. If there were, just that's unfortunate. That DM explains so much about wrong. why you are the way that you are. You would have been so much happier in life. If I grew up you with sheets, been so much more. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, you would have been. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, anyway, everybody. We appreciate this is, Yeah, exactly. This was fun, and uh, we'll be back. I'd love to say Friday, but let's be honest. It'll probably be next week. Um, if the Sixers do make a, a big deal, we will come back on, although I don't think they have the assets for it. Uh, can I throw one fun hypothetical at you uh, really sure. quick? Sixers trade Jimmy Butler, Markel Fultz, and their 2020 first-round pick to New Orleans for... Drew Holiday. Well, I don't think you can do that, right? Because didn't they trade the 2021? They first traded the 2021 Miami. Oh, pick. the Miami. That's not pick. the Stepien rule. Which was their? Yeah. Which was their so first round? Go. It was 2022. Uh oh, you know what? Wait, was that 2020 that they traded? It might have been 2020. All right, so then you'd have to trade this year's first round pick. There you go. 610-632-0975. Look, if I if we can get Drew Holiday back and get Jimmy Butler out, I the, my mind would melt. I would love it. Drew makes 25, though, so that's, that's rough. Shit, anyway, uh, we, will, we might be back this week if there's an emergency podcast. If not, go check out the other shows. 
Uh, Snow the goalie will be doing a press row show from Wells Fargo Center Thursday as the Flyers take on the LA Kings. Anthony Stolarz is in goal, looking to extend the Flyers' win streak to nine. Go check out Crossed Up. I believe Anthony and Bob are going to be doing a new episode next week. And uh, I think that's it. And Kevin is going to get back on his horse on It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia and bring you the best in Philadelphia Union talk. Phil and I, I believe, are going to restart up as well for Crossing Broad FC because the Champions League is coming around and there was an El Clasico today as part of the Copa del Rey semifinal. So make sure you keep an eye out for that as well. So uh, for Kevin, I'm Russ. Thanks for listening. Go check out all those shows and we will talk to you again very soon.